This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now that's the, that's the key to this miracle, a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into those vessels, and set aside the full ones. So he went from him, she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. One of the great miracles we read about in, in Scripture. Just can you imagine this situation, this this widow, her, her husband has, has passed on. Her, her two sons are now possibly being taken as slaves. Because in that culture, if you owed the debt, the, the remaining family, you paid it. And you worked the fields. You were a slave until that debt was paid. And she's going through the agony of, you know, just the, the loss of her husband. And now she's facing the loss of her two sons. So she cries out to Elisha and says, you know, this is what's happened to me. The creditors are coming. This, this man, my husband, served in your ministry and, and we're in debt. What do I do? And I want you to notice here that the next generation was going to pay or be in slavery and bondage for that debt from the other generation. See, we need answers to set the next generation free. That's what this, really, how could these sons be free from this debt and this bondage set the next generation free? And the prophet had, had the answer, what the Lord was saying. But I want you to know, it wasn't the problem that God wasn't there. God's always the answer. He's never the problem. Amen? So I, I want you to see that this, this answer, this jar of oil, was the key to setting this whole thing in motion, setting them free. See, there is a spirit 
in this world that wants to enslave the next generation, wants to cause them to be uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol, to experience sexual immorality, to bring them into bondage and slavery. But see, we need to be able to set them free and see them live free. But the prophet said, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Let me ask you, what do you have in your house that God can use to set the next generation free? What's in your house? What should be in your house? It should be a house of prayer. There should be some prayer going on in your house. It should be a place where the Word of God is read and honored. Have, have your kids seen you reading the Word? Have they seen you praying? Have you prayed with them? It should be a place of respect and honor. It's what the home is to be. It should be a place of unity and love. Let me just say this. What is in your house that is hindering the flow of God? What is in your house that needs to be removed from your house? Because see, you're either bringing or attracting the presence of God, the blessing of God, the life of God, or either you're hindering the flow of oil. You're hindering the answer of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God. There's no two ways about it. It's one or the other. And we know which way brings life. And we want God's power. We want His strength, His presence in our lives. In verse 3, Then He said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. I want you to notice here, you determine the size of your miracle. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what if they just went and got a few vessels? That would have been the extent of the miracle that God could do. Guys, if y'all bring, bring that in. That would be the limit of what God could do. See, the miracle wasn't dependent upon God. It was dependent upon them. It wasn't not, it's not that heaven is the problem or the oil's the problem. And oil, by the way, represents the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that God is just saying, not you. I'll do it for anyone else but you. Heaven's not the problem. The problem is vessels. God was looking for available vessels to fill. And when he ran out of available vessels to fill, the oil ceased. It stopped. It didn't flow anymore. What if there had kept being available vessels to fill? God would have kept filling. The oil would have kept flowing. Why? Because 
Heaven's not the problem. The oil's not the problem. God's not the issue. The miracle or the blessing of God in your life is determined by us. And many times we're crying out for God to do some huge miracle. And he's saying, give me a vessel. Give me a vessel that I can fill. Give me a place, a ministry in your life. So you you determine the size of your miracle. By just a few, God's just going to borrow just a few. It's just going to be a few filled. Get many, big miracle. It was up. It was up to the widow woman and her sons. See, God is saying, give me a vessel. What if you brought, you came to God and you said, here's my pint size, God. Fill me up. You know what he'll do? He'll fill this up. (laughs) But I want a great miracle. I want the blessing of God. I want God to do something great in my life. Here's my pint size life, God. Fill her up. You'll fill it up. But you're not going to experience the purpose and the destiny that he has for you. Because he wants all of those areas of your life. He wants all of those vessels in your life brought before him. And then he'll fill them up. And he'll do great and mighty things in your life. The problem's not God. It's not the oil. It's not heaven. It's not a grace problem. It's not his ability. It's us. This widow woman, she got these vessels. She, she borrowed them. But it said she had a little jar of oil in her house. Here's the answer to whatever you're facing. She's in a desperate situation. No answers. It looks like where could she run? Where could she go? The answer was, you got a jar of oil? The answer's still God. Whatever you're facing, the answer's still the Holy Spirit. And she took her little jar and she borrowed these vessels from, from neighbors and she just started filling them up. Wow. It just, it's not stopping. Hey, son, give me another one. Wow, this is great. What? Give me another one. There's, there's no more. And I was in, that's it. It stopped. And then, of course, she goes to Elijah and says, I did what you said. And he says, go sell it. You're in the oil business. And it said it paid the debt and said, live off the rest. It seemed more than enough. There was a lot of money there. Get the empty vessels. It says empty vessels. What does that mean? Does that mean we're supposed to be just empty? It means that we come before God empty. That we come before Him not with the world, not with an attitude, not with pride. We come before him humbly. It's a great God. I come before him. I say, God, I know you have a plan for my life. I know that you love me. And I ask you to direct me. I ask for your plan to become my plan. 
I ask to hear your voice. I ask for my thoughts to be filled with your thoughts. My actions would be your actions. That'd be obedient to your voice. That I'd follow after you. God, I give you all of me. I don't hold back anything. Any place of hindrance, I want it gone. Anything in me that's not of you, I want it gone. I want all of me to be yours. And God says, I will fill you. I will bless you. I will bring you more blessing and favor and life than you can imagine. Because I'm looking for a vessel to fill. I'm looking for my kids. I'm looking for those that will say, here I am, God. That I can minister my love to them. Because God is in love with us. He desires us much more than we desire Him. The Lord told me a few weeks ago that said, my people aren't hungry for me because they're full of other things. That's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to get our vessel. We're so full of other things that there's no room for the oil. There's no room for the oil. Must be time for my next illustration. So God wants available vessels. He wants us to shut the door. You know, say, go shut the door. Because if you tell people that you're believing God and trusting God, there's some people you can't tell that to. You know what I mean? Anybody here know what I mean? Is anybody here today? Okay. Some people, you can't tell them. Because they're going to drag down your faith. So shut the door. But I believe it's getting... Alone before God, shutting the door from this world, from all the distractions, from all the busyness. I know technology was supposed to save us time, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Now your phone will go anywhere with you. I still refuse to use it in the bathroom, but I've been in many a bathroom with a man on the phone. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shut the door. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor, I'm stressed out. You need to shut the door and get with him. Well, things are going great, God. You need to shut the door and be with him. You want to keep it going good? There's always more with him. I'm in a hurtful, painful place. You need the oil. You need to be with Jesus. Verse 5, so she went from him and shut the door behind her. And her sons who brought the vessels to her, she poured it out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And she said to her, and he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. When there's no available vessels, the oil will stop. See, the problem is available vessels. It's not God. The oil will flow. The ministry of the Holy Spirit will flow to you and through you if you're available. Containers or vessels are just as important as a product. Someone said, I want some coffee. Do you really want coffee? Or do you want a cup of coffee? The vessel's important. Now I could just take 
the coffee jug and just hear some coffee. <laughs> no, the, the, the vessel is important. How many have ever called for pizza to be delivered to your house? You call up Papa John's and he brings you pizza. But you're looking and going, what in the world? Where's the box? You know, it's greasy, it's messy, it's hot. You're going, what in the world's deal here? Where's the box? You know, the box doesn't cost. You got another box there? Oh, oh, this one's with a box. Is there something? Oh, wow, there's some pizza in there. Okay. Well, we just need to deliver this pizza. Who can tell me the key to this miracle? First one to raise your hand. No, I'm looking for a particular answer. No? I said at the beginning of the message, this is a test. I said the key, that's it. Pizza delivery, Papa John's. <laughs> now I asked him for a box and I asked him how much does it cost and they wouldn't tell me. I looked online and best I could figure up was probably about 40 cents. And uh, I'm sure they get a much bigger bulk than the wholesale place I was looking up. But you know, vessels or containers are, are important. It, it's not the vessel or the container that gives value to the product. It's the product that gives value to the vessel or the container. It's a simple thing, but... Inside the vessel, the Bible says there's a treasure. That God's treasure in earthen vessels on the inside of us. His Holy Spirit inside of us. We need... Now notice here, it's good to have a clean vessel. An empty, clean vessel to put your... I mean, what... What mom would give milk to her baby in a, in a bottle that has milk that's five days old in it and pour in some more milk? And, no, it, it needed to be clean, open, surrendered to God for the product to be placed on the inside of it. We need to be a vessel that's useful for the master. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood, clay, and some for honor, and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, 
sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You want God to use your life? It says, cleanse yourself, be a vessel unto honor, useful for the master. How do you do that? You get before God. You can't clean yourself. You just get before the one who is the one that cleans you. You get before him empty, open in your heart, and say, God, I can't go on anymore like this. I must have victory over this. And get with him. And get some people with you. And let God set you free. Let God cleanse you. And he'll pour in some oil. And before you know it, the blessing of God will be overtaking you. And the favor of God will be overtaking you. God wants us to be vessels unto honor. There's oil inside of you already. It needs to come out through a soul, through your mind, your will, your emotions. It needs to come out clean. But God is good at cleaning us up. Aren't you glad? And I'm not saying you have to be perfect because you won't be. But I mean having your heart right before him. Wanting him of everything within you. You know, man was made out of dirt. God fashioned this, this vessel, this, this container. It's a dirt container. What gave it value is when he breathed into it. And the Bible says it became a living soul. It became alive. And he said, have dominion. See, spirits that are in dirt bodies have dominion. They're the ones that have dominion in the earth or authority in the earth. So God sent his son and he was fashioned just like us where he had the same box as you and I. The same vessel, the same container. God was looking for a vessel in this earth. Herod, King Herod killed all the boy babies two years and younger because he thought that God is coming and he's going to put his spirit in a dirt body. And what would that do to what I'm doing in the earth? Satan was terrified of that. So he killed all the boy babies two years and under. And God was looking. He looked for 42 generations. He's looking for a vessel that he can send the Messiah. He's looking for a vessel. And he finds a little Jewish girl named Mary. And Mary was empty and clean. She was surrendered to God. He said, Mary, can I borrow your vessel, your body, for nine months? You may not think you're much. And you're not without me, but I'm with you. But what I'm going to do through you is going to astonish the world. It's going to change everything. It will make a way for people to be a part of my family. And Mary said, yes. Yes, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Yes. Yes. And there came Jesus into the earth. And it says that when you looked upon him, there was nothing special. He was in the same container just like you and I. But when he got up to speak, he spoke as one with authority. 
And when he ministered, the Spirit of God was on the inside of him and came out. And lives were changed. Forever changed. Because of what God had done in him. But one day, the enemy thought he had him trapped. And said, I've got him now. And he nailed him to a cross. And that container, that box was, the Bible says he was laid in a buried tomb. But his spirit left. And he went and preached to those that were being held. And he preached himself to them. And then after 72 hours, his spirit returned and laid in that body again, that vessel, that container, that box. And he got up with a glorified body, a body that had been raised from the dead. And the celebration in hell stopped. They were mocking. They were having a great time. We trapped Jesus. We got him. And it all stopped. Because he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. But it didn't stop there. He started pouring out the Holy Spirit into other vessels. You and I. And now Christ by his Spirit lives in all of us. And the devil's worst nightmare. He couldn't even imagine it. The Bible says if he had known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. He didn't know. It was kept from him. Thank God for the price that was paid. Thank God that Jesus came willingly and paid our debt. I will get my sermon back up shortly. Technical difficulties. There's popcorn. And, no. Now it doesn't like me. It's trying to come back, but it's not. Okay, there it comes. Okay. Mary had Jesus living on the inside of her. We have Jesus living on the inside of us. She was pregnant. She was carrying the Lord. And when you think about how big God is, it says the heavens is his throne, the, the earth is his footstool. Yet he brought himself to the size of a little baby, placed in Mary's womb, and comes forth. But how many know when you're carrying Jesus, when you're carrying a baby, things change? Your walk changes. Never seen a mom, and their walk changes. What they eat and digest, ingest, changes. They're not going to uh, 
smoke or do drugs, whatever, because it will harm the baby. And see, when Jesus comes to live inside of us, our walk should change. Our talk should change. What we feed on, what we look at should change. Satan hates your body because it gives you legal authority in the earth. Young ladies, Satan wants to destroy your body. He wants to defile you. He wants you to be uh, sexually impure. Everyone else is doing it, but God's looking for a vessel. Or young man, just go sow your oats. But that's not what God says. God says, I want you to be a vessel. I want you to have my best. I want to flow in you. I want the oil of the, of the Spirit to flood your life. So much that you minister to others. That comes out of you. The Bible says, card your heart with all diligence. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're a vessel for the oil of God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Man, you, what a vessel you are. You're carrying God on the inside. His presence, His power inside of you. You know, it said that Jesus was laid in a buried tomb. Why? It was temporary. Why purchase it? It was a buried But you know, it says He bought you. He bought you because He's not changing His mind. You are His and He is yours for all eternity. It says the Holy Spirit, this oil, will dwell on the inside of you for all eternity, forever and ever. He reigns and lives on the inside of you. That's what God did through the price, through the sacrifice of Jesus. Brought that to us. You don't have to be super talented, brilliant mind. You, you don't have to be something special. You can be just an ordinary box that carries God. Just an ordinary box. Just like you and I, ordinary folks. But what's inside, what you carry, that's what makes the difference. God will bless your life. And those, that purpose, that plan will unfold. That mission that God has for you. Ellen had me reading uh, a lady's testimony, and she was working at a job, had gone to college, and was working at a job she hated, hated. God doesn't want you in a job you hate. He wants you doing what you love, what your purpose for. We need to find out from Him. We need to surrender to the Master. God will put His favor, His love, His blessing. His miracle working power to flood your life. He does desire a close, intimate relationship with you, but He also wants you to be a vessel that's, that has the oil in that you can pour oil on other people, that you can minister love to someone else. You can be good to someone else. You can show mercy to someone else, kindness, goodness. You can be that one to reach out to them and tell them, look, I want to tell you what God did for me, and He'll do it for you. 
I want you to know that God is still alive. He's still on the throne. And He hears your prayers. And He will save you. He will deliver you. He will break this off your life. He's for you and not against you. He's the answer. He's not the problem. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You need Jesus. And you're pouring oil on them. And that oil works. That oil is effective. That oil is powerful because it's God. He wants us to be that way. And in closing, I want you to know when you're walking that way, there'll be some people that really start thinking you're something else. Say, boy, you're something. But deep on the inside, you know that you're just a vessel and you can do nothing Nothing without him. You're just a box. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. Mary was the vessel. She was the box. That's the reason we don't worship Mary. She's the box. She's the container. She's the the vessel. We respect her and we're thankful for her and, and honor her. But Jesus is God. We worship him. We give the glory to Him. We praise Him. Satan hates the body of Christ or the church. He hates it. He wants to do anything he can to divide it, to conquer it. He wants to get people so busy with worldly things, they don't read the Bible. They stop praying. They stop doing those things. He wants to get them so full of other things that the the oil starts getting crowded out where he wants it to flow. He wants it to be rivers. It starts getting crowded out. And you don't become available a vessel anymore. When God nudges you that they need need a hug, they need to be smiled to, they need a word of encouragement. Will you minister to them? You're so full of other things that you don't hear it. And you don't minister. It doesn't come out. Satan hates the body of Christ. Because he knows it's the hope of the world. He knows it's the vehicle. It is the, the vessel that God will use to usher in his glory. He knows it is the vehicle that will bring in the harvest. And he's against it. And he fights against it. But God has already given us the oil. Five elements of a useful vessel. You know when you're reaching out to others, when you're full of the oil, it just kind of comes out. It's not a hard thing. Evangelism really isn't something we do. It's something we live. When you're with him, you just live it. And those in your world, you'll start reaching. Or they'll see a difference in you. Ellen, when she was working at the nurse, as a nurse at the hospital, a lady came to her and said, what's different about you? And she said, well, I belong to Jesus. And she got to pray with this, this nurse. People should see something different with our lives. And it's easier to be different now than ever before. It's easier because the Bible says the darkness has gotten darker. But we're to be lighter. 
and people are the sea, Christ in us. Five elements of a useful vessel. Number one, available. Number two, empty and clean. Number three, shut the door to the world. Those distractions, those things that, that come and, and hinder. Number four, understand God is never the problem. God is never the problem. He's the answer. Number five, surrender to his service. Surrender to his service. God has is, is poured out his spirit in sons and daughters. But it's just not for us. We're to be a vessel that pours out on those around us. It's a blessing to those around us. What's in your house? Maybe you just have a little jar of oil. Maybe your son or your daughter is being held captive. Do you know you can take that oil and you can pray and you can intercede and you get the enemy off of them? Well, Pastor, you don't understand. They don't live at home anymore. It doesn't say that they have to live at home. Are they still connected to you? Are they still your son and daughter? Aren't they worth spending a little bit of time on your knees and getting the enemy off their back and bringing in some people to minister grace and love to them? Or is it better to watch TV and just be comfortable? And I love a good movie. I like to relax. That's the way I like to relax. But let me tell you, we got to get our priorities right. The oil needs to flow. If there ever was a time. See, if the oil didn't flow, this next generation's going down the tubes. They say that we will be like Europe, 4% Christian. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to have the Holy Spirit flow in our lives. Our sons and daughters be serving God. Strong families, strong marriages. People strong. No wonder the enemy attacks bodies because he hates your body. If he can stop you physically, he can stop your ministry. But I want you to know that the devil is a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. All we have to do is turn back to the oil, turn to the Holy Spirit, ask Him to flow in our lives. Ask for his strategy. Ask for his wisdom. Ask for his timing. There's sometimes he'll tell you, button your lip, don't say a word. And there's other times he'll say, speak, speak. Would you open your mouth? Lord, I don't know what to say. Then open it and let me feel it. There's too many people going to hell. We got to rise up. God has a plan and purpose for your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we, we recognize and we understand that we are vessels. That we are vessels under your honor and glory. We want to be a part of your house that is cleansed and empty desiring you. We want the oil to flow in our own lives, Lord. We want our family saved. We want, we want to see you in all your glory.
God, we've got to have you. We want to see this next generation free to serve you. And God, we thank you for those that are ministering to our young people. Thank you for John and Mandy Flatman. They're serving God, giving their hearts and lives. Thank you for Carmen and Heather and Mike. They're ministering to the young adults. But that's not enough. We need prayer. We need the power of God. There's some things that we can't do. And we need God. We need His power. We need His deliverance. We need His freedom. Let's bow our heads. If today, the first thing is, give your life to Him and be born again. What's that mean? It means you give Him your whole heart. You trust Him for your eternity. You believe that He died on the cross for your sins. That He paid the price for you. He did it out of love for you. Even before you were here, He did it. And he, all He says is come. Come as you are. Just the way you are. And He will accept you. Because He loves you. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before, but you know you're not right with God. You need to get right with God. You can get in on this prayer also. No one looking around. If you lift your hand and say, I need this prayer. I need to, to pray with you now. You want to pray with me and be right with God. Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for my sins. I'm forever grateful for all that you've done for me. The least I can do is to lay down my vessel for your service. That you would be honored because I want to be useful in your hands. Thank you for saving me. I now belong to you because I give you my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the oil, Lord. Empower me to live this life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's worship. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.